Hello, everyone. Welcome to week six of Feast Money in Capitol Hill. Today, I'm with my co-host, Taylor. Hi, I'm, I'm Taylor. And um, <laughs> we're joined by AJ today. Hello. All right, so um, at the, at the interviewee's request, this week's topic is the coronavirus disease of 2019. COVID, basically, yeah. COVID. <laughs> We just we just need to sound fancy. We... All right. Tell you okay. Uh, I guess uh, should we start by asking AJ just like to tell us a little bit about himself, or do you think we should just jump right into this? I mean, it's his choice. If he wants to talk about himself, that's okay. Yeah. Give us like a quick synopsis. Um, I'm not that advanced to know what a synopsis is, but I'll just give you a summary. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, my name's AJ. Uh, um, I'm in high school. Uh, co- the COVID-19 pandemic uh, kind of affected the way uh, I'm learning right now. It's obvi- I think everyone's almost online for their schooling, but the public schools, you know, like they don't, uh, the students don't pay for their tuition, unlike private schools. Uh, I'm pretty sure private schools have online school on for like 24-7, but public schools, they're like probably two hours a day. So this can like um, probably affect like how they're learning and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then I guess we should just jump right into these questions then. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess just to start things off, like basic, you know, uh, what exactly is a virus? I think the answer to that question is like a virus is almost something that, uh, for example, it takes over uh, another, I'm not, I don't remember the last time I learned this was like in sixth grade. So um, I think what my science teacher said was like something around uh that the virus takes control of another cell's body, uh, like uh, quote unquote um, mute, uh, like how to explain. Um, it takes over the host's body and then, you know, uh, just does whatever it wants after that. I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and well, how exactly does like a virus affect the body? Like what are like, what does it do specifically? I think some symptoms are can be like fever, um, nausea, diarrhea, um, but that's only in the coronavirus, I'm pretty sure. But other diseases like SARS um, and um, SARS, and uh, I remember this virus, I'm not even sure if it was a virus, I think Ebola, I think that was a disease. Uh, it was a very deadly virus, but the chances of it being spread on to another person is very low. But Coronavirus, however, not deadly to the normal person. It can be deadly to like um, people like, uh, let's say, someone with asthma. Uh, he can that can affect him because he has breathing problems, and COVID nineteen targets that. And are there any other ways that COVID nineteen differs from like other viruses? Like, what separates it from something like the flu? Um, a, a regular flu can like um, let's say uh. A regular flu, hmm. I would. I don't know actually. Maybe one of you guys can answer this one. Okay, Joey, do you got anything? <laughs> All right. Basically, uh, the regular flu it's not as deadly to older people, and also um, the flu is actually less. Like we, it's not as. I mean, it's very prominent in the world, but it's not. It's not as we don't care about it as much because the flu we have vaccines for it, and it's we. We somewhat know how to cure it, but if you're 
like a doctor or something and listening to this, don't quote me on this. I don't know. Okay. I'm not smart enough. Yeah, but I think COVID-19 can spread way, uh, way more easily than uh, a regular flu, let's say, influenza. Uh, it can cause, um, like, sometimes a life-threatening uh, illness to people. As you see, like, there's a lot of deaths in, uh, around the world because of coronavirus, but we don't hear about deaths about the flu. Uh, it can also take longer, like, for a person to show symptoms, I think. And people mm -hmm. can be contagious for much longer uh, when they have a virus rather than just like a regular influenza flu. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess with all this, you know, what prompted the origins of COVID-19? Because the flu has been around for however long, but COVID-19 is like a more recent thing. Like where did that all start? I think I remember in the news something about like, it was once a bat virus and it was, once they affect, infected like a bat and it started in like a, a Chinese market or something. I, I would have to reread this, but I'm pretty sure coronavirus originated in bats. And then uh, eventually it went on to like uh, markets where customers like buy uh, like livestock markets where um, the chickens are still living. And then when the customer like buys it, you know, um, then, uh, uh, they uh, the um, guy just kills the chicken or something and then gives it to the uh, customer. Those are called like livestock markets. But those are also like a storehouse for like viruses and it can uh, pass, uh, can like uh, pass on illnesses uh, much more easily. Mm -hmm. And while uh, former US President Donald J. Trump has referred to the coronavirus disease as the Chinese virus, should the Chinese people really be blamed for this? What do you think? Like, I think the Chinese um, handled it um, so much better than America did. But mm -hmm. I do have to disagree on the point where uh, it, it is, I do have to disagree on the point where they covered up uh, some of the numbers so they wouldn't spread panic as easily. Mm -hmm. But they handled this so much better than America. As you can see, like there's not um, like nearly the amount of cases we have now in America compared to China is like very small. Yeah. And I guess with that, I guess the question we should be asking is, well, how does the virus spread? Like how exactly did this virus become so, how, how, just, how did it spread so much in America? Because America is like, the thing with America is like, and countries like China, they're like, uh, they're, uh, I'm pretty sure a communist country. So they can like take control of their people uh, easily, uh, but that's not necessarily this is that's not necessarily a good thing. Like they don't have uh, freedom of press like we have here in America. But when it comes to terms like life-threatening uh, diseases like coronavirus, the um, um, democracy, democracy, and like uh, uh, um, civil rights kind of get in the way of like wearing masks and. Um, social distancing, those laws are not, not even laws. I think they're just rules can get violated pretty easily by uh, like a standard American. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that same thing applies to a lot of other countries that aren't communist, you know? Yeah. Countries like India, they are the biggest democracy in the world, but they can also be the worst democracy in the world at the same time. Not to mention like the farmers protests going on there right now. Mm -hmm. And well, 
I guess we talked about some symptoms of COVID, but are there any more specifically stuff that's like long-term? I wouldn't know. I guess you would have to ask an expert or to the Google for that one. Okay. Uh, I guess, Joey, you're going to be like the backup. <laughs> you got anything? Uh, yes, I do believe that um, COVID-19 doesn't actually cause, I don't remember, but it actually doesn't, for a short-term symptom, It do, I don't remember, but either it doesn't cause coughs or it doesn't cause a runny nose, which is um, very important for people who are afraid of having COVID, but may just have a common cold or influenza as well. Um, I believe there is, um, there's instances of, um, of um, long-term COVID problems, including um, respiratory problems, such as shortness of breath over long periods of time after contracting COVID, as well as um, shortness of breath, headaches, and regular like flu-like symptoms in co when you get COVID naturally. Yeah. Actually, okay. even I got the virus myself, uh, but I don't have any, yeah, but I don't have any underlying symptoms such as asthma and stuff. I was, I was um, uh, tested positive for it, but I was quarantined. I quarantined myself into my room and uh, I didn't go anywhere for uh, around two to three weeks. And I never left my bedroom for like at least five days. Um, like my meals were brought to me to the door and all that. Uh, but a lot of Americans don't do that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't even get tested either. So I think uh, the standard like rights get in the way of um, getting tested and social distancing and all. And well, you said that you got this, but are there other sorts of like animals that can get this? Because we know humans can get it. What separates that from like dogs or cats? Like can other species get this virus? I think it's apparent that um, other species get these viruses. Like exam for example, I'm pretty sure some lions were tested uh, positive for the coronavirus, but I don't, I don't think an animal has died to um, COVID-19 yet. Uh, but I think an expert would know more about this. Like uh, why do animals do not uh, get it as easily as humans? But yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And well, you said that you got it. So where exactly do you think that like you and most of America went wrong when it came to like preventing the spread of the virus? Uh, well, I quarantined myself, but my yeah. didn't quarantine as like, no, like before the, I got the virus, I was in my room, but my dad didn't like per se do the same. He uh, usually went out with his friends and uh, he, I, and his friends probably don't quarantine like he does. And he got the virus as easily as just as Hollis friends did. And he came home and he contracted that to me. He, he was tested positive a few days earlier than me. And then I tested positive just a couple of days after. And it just goes to show you how easily, like how easily um, COVID-19 can hop off from one human to another. Uh, can you tell us a little more about like the quarantine process? Like what did you do and what did you have to do? And have you gone out since? Like what, what exactly were the precautions you took? Ever since I got the virus, I never gone anywhere um, per se necessary. Uh, for example, if I needed to, uh, if my mother wanted like to get some medicine or uh, groceries, she would send me out because uh, she actually can, uh, she actually may have, uh, 
she actually is older than me and has a higher risk of um, getting coronavirus. Whereas myself, um, I've already had the virus. And uh, according to some experts, I had immunity for three months, but I, I'm, I'm not like there to experiment how, uh, how long my immunity is there for. But I, uh, I would get the essential stuff, but I would never go to like parties or go out with my friends. I haven't done those uh, since like <laughs> February or March, or probably May. Okay, and that's great, I guess. Um, where do you think we're going wrong now? As of like right now, um, the cases have just gotten so much worse, especially here in California. We're in the purple zone, I believe, which is just absolutely horrible. Uh, what do you think California specifically is doing wrong? And do you think we have gotten better, like at all? I think uh, Governor Newsom kind of did a great job with the tier system. But what I think he's doing wrong is he's um, opening up too fast. For example, we were like yellow in the yellow zone just a couple of weeks ago. And now it's all of a sudden we're in a purple zone. So um, I don't think he's taking into consideration how fast this virus can spread and how short the immunity is once you uh, contract it. So the second wave was oncoming and uh, everyone knew that. And also some mayors and counties like Fresno counties, they don't listen to the tier system. Um, for example, in Fresno County, I'm pretty sure they're in purple tier. And all and uh, they were supposed to be on lockdown, but a lot of businesses are still open and the Fresno County Police Sheriff isn't doing anything about that. So I, I sense some uh, politics or corruption there. Uh, for a second, you actually mentioned like waves. Can you go more in depth on that? Like what exactly are waves and how exactly do we measure like when those start or end? I'm not sure how we measure them, but like, I'm pretty sure how waves work is like, uh, when someone gets the virus, they pass it on to another person. That specific person will have immunity for three months. And then after his immunity ends, he can grab the virus again. And then also now that society is more advanced, like we, when the first wave ended, we started opening everything up. So we were kind of like adding fuel to the fire that was already raging. So uh, I think that where we went wrong in that is the reopening part and like more stricter uh, health rules. I actually uh, recently noticed on our podcast channel that uh, I think 9%, 9% of our viewers are from Britain. So um, thank you for watching. I am glad that other people than people that I know are enjoying this channel. Um, can, you, can you tell us about the situation in Britain right now? Or just like Europe in general, I guess, if that helps. <laughs> like how are other countries, especially, how are other countries like specifically England going through with a lot of this? Like how are they better or worse? Um, countries like um, Britain per se, or uh, I, okay, let's compare Britain and China for a sec. Britain, Britain it's a democracy. China, it's uh, a communist country. But they both handled the virus pretty well, if you ask me. Uh, but they did it in two different ways. Brit uh, uh, British people, like, not British people, like the British government, like they knew this was a threat and they put on their lockdown measures like quickly, uh, quickly and efficiently. And uh, they were put in fact strictly. So I think this is uh, why uh, like every, uh, in England, everything is so much better here compared to America go back to China for a second. China's a communist country. So it's, it's, so it, um, China has like the last say in everything. 
like um so if you were uh, if if the chinese government said to go on lockdown everyone has to go on lockdown there's no if or buts do you think that like these places like britain places where the numbers aren't nearly as high do you think they're going to like have do you think that they're not going to have to deal with this anymore when do you think in any time soon or at least sooner than america that their whole situation in regards to covid-19 will just end well i mean Technically speaking, the situation in China is gone anymore. Um, the only new cases, new cases are rare, and the like. The only new cases are usually from people coming into China, mm-hmm. not residents. Um, I've been mentioning China a lot and saying how like um they've taken care of this efficiently. But let's move to North Korea just for one second. They haven't. I'm pretty sure they haven't been doing. Uh, uh they're quite secretive as always, but. I'm pretty sure how they handle some of the cases is just like probably suiting one of them. I'm pretty sure if uh, I've seen on the news. I'm not sure if it's fake, but I'll have to double check. Um, we've actually reached the halfway mark of this video. I hope I don't want this to be real, but <laughs> you, um, this is the middle break. I, I mean, we will, we may take a break. We might not take a break. I don't know, but uh, you guys, you should take a break, get some water, food, anything, just. Take take a break away from the screens. It helps your eyes. Get get especially water, hydrogen monoxide. Dihydrogen. Please get water. Yes. Uh, while we're on this break, uh, let me just go back. Uh, so uh, I was right about that, but uh, it's not really fact check. It's just the mm-hmm. South Korean agency uh, says that the North Korean uh, government executed uh, people and shut the capital down and, uh, instead of like handling it uh, through processes like quarantine and stuff. All right, go get some water. I'll give you five minutes. Bye. How was the break? Did you get water? I hope you did. If you didn't, that's fine. It's at your own peril anyways. Yeah. All right, continuing on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had two other people here um, just listening in and they actually have some stuff to say. Uh, Henry, uh, Joey, can you introduce them? <laughs> All right, so um, we have Keisha. Um, say hi. Hello. And we also have Kane. Yes. Hello. All right. So um, they're also here. And um, moving on. So um, they had a little to say about stuff earlier. Just like, I guess they can cover some of that stuff right now. Oh, yes. Like the infection in like the US. Like uh, the, it recently jumped last month, mostly because of the Thanksgiving and Friday, uh, Black Friday sale because that wasn't stopped. So everyone had like, they just wanted a shop since they were quarantined for so long, right? And that increases the infection rate, which is super bad. And uh, since we know that Thanksgiving had a big jump in the infection, then Christmas will probably also be pretty big since everyone wants to go home. And yeah. <laughs> Adding on to Black Friday, um, there were a lot of holidays. Uh, in the past few weeks, and not to mention the big winter break coming up, I think COVID-19 cases will jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you want to say anything? Oh, yeah. So about how, like, California, I mean, uh, has, like, so many cases, I feel like just because it is, like, the most populous state, I feel like there's just so much more room for error than the other places because 
there are a lot more people and a lot more people means like a lot more like a bunch of different things that could be done compared to other places so i just feel like that's why california probably has like so much more cases than other places and is in the purple zone is because like there's just so much more room for error with how much how large its population is all right so uh can you okay can you tell us about some safety measures that our listeners can take in order to um not con contract COVID 19. all right some of the safety measures we can take is like always remember to wash your hands in and after you come into the house or go outside and always wear a face mask and stay six feet apart from each other because you don't want either of you guys to have the COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And what is like the significance behind the rule of staying like six feet apart? Um, why specifically that number? And what is like, what's the reasoning behind that? Six feet apart, I think. I, I think even not even six feet should, is safe, but um, six feet is like, big enough for something uh, like for say, we were like two feet together and one of us had the virus. Uh, the virus can easily jump onto one another. If I were to breathe the uh, virus out per se, you can easily catch it when you uh, intake air or it can, when I breathe it out, it can catch onto your sweater and then it, you go home and infect it uh, to your household. But if we were six feet apart, uh, it becomes different and it uh, there's a smaller chance of the virus um, getting like contracted by you or Joey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess, oh wait, sorry, you're talking. So yeah, I was gonna, just gonna say like the six feet apart rule is super important um, because like obviously it separates people from each other and that reduces the risk of like people just like sneezing on each other or like, like droplets spreading from one person to another, which would probably like which would obviously um, spread the virus uh, like a lot faster, but that's um, th these things can still also occur even with the six foot rule, which is why masks are also super important to make sure that that doesn't happen. The six feet is kind of like the base rule to prevent any like of that stuff happening, but the mask is just to ensure that you don't spread it even with that. So it's just multiple safety precautions just in case. And uh, I guess since we've been talking about like California and how like cases have been rising, when do you think the virus will end? And what do you think will end it? Virus will definitely not end until everyone is, or not even, not everyone, or the majority of the population is vaccinated, that COVID-19 is like non-lethal anymore. For example, uh, there's this really old disease that killed a lot of people back in the day. But right now, uh, the, since there's a vaccine for it, it probably it probably like uh, is almost non-lethal now. But back in the day, it was probably very lethal. Uh, I think the disease, uh, I forgot what the disease's name was. Um, uh, let me check. Yeah, uh, measles, measles. Yeah, I remember that. Um, measles. It's it's uh, uh, it was defeated worldwide uh, wide thanks to the vaccine that was produced. And I have a feeling the same thing would happen with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And I guess have virus, how have viruses in the past ended without the use of vaccines? Has there been any way that's happened? Um, I think uh, one way can be uh, herd, um, 
occurred in Texas where a majority of the population is infected and uh, all, all the like, uh, let's say, weak people die off. And that's why the, um, that's why the uh, average human uh, age limit was back in the day, like 30 or 40 years old, because there was no vaccines. But thanks to vaccines and other stuff, uh, we the average age age limit now is eighty years old, almost twice as before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like the vaccines kind of like increase the cap at which like somebody would be like with COVID, like old people are a lot more susceptible to the virus, so like they're obviously dying a lot more than other people. So I feel like the way that va- like viruses have ended in the past without. Um, the intervention of vaccines is mostly from like all those people who are more susceptible to it dying off and then all the people who have built up immunity to it are the ones that are left standing and then the vaccine basically just ensures that even people who are susceptible to the virus are able to withstand it. So um, I don't want to seem callous here but basically um, to sum up basically a vaccine is like making sure that all the people old people don't die from the virus, correct? Not just old people. Um, I mean, a lot of- because usually we um, older people are more susceptible, but just I, I understand like it's everybody with health, underlying health conditions and stuff, but just in general, like people who are more susceptible, the vaccine is to stop them from dying. Probably for the COVID-19 vaccine, but diseases like measles, um, they were especially uh, deadly to children. Um, so uh, vaccines can help everybody, everybody. but I, I think one well-known fact that a lot of people don't know about vaccines is that a vaccine is almost like injecting the virus into yourself. And a lot of people find that like kind of um, like uh, dangerous, but it's actually not. The, uh, um, there's three generations of it. And then I, the one that just got released is the one where the um, genetic code of the D, um, virus is released onto our bloodstream. And then the immunity system gets the uh, um, uh, genetic code. And then they remember that this is a virus they have to eliminate when they see it. And then that's how the vaccine works. And I don't, I don't know how long, uh, how, how many times you would have to get the vaccine. So I, probably like twice every two years or something. I'm not sure. I think it depends on the virus, but yeah, that makes sense. And well, I guess this one's not as much a scientific thing, but how do you guys think life will end, or how do you think life will change after COVID-19 ends? I feel like, I mean, we haven't really had such a big outbreak of like a virus like this in many years. So I feel like there's definitely gonna be a lot more precautions that are put into place. A lot more like regulations regarding like, of course, because the virus originated from that livestock market, probably a lot more regulations and rules will go upon those types of things will probably have um, a lot more like guidelines to follow, um, a lot more like information about how to avoid this kind of stuff happening in the future. And yeah, I feel like we're just gonna be a lot more cautious of what we do now because we've seen the huge impact this virus has had. Um, Not to mention that um, in 1920, exactly like uh, a year after this, we had the um, Spanish flu in 1820. We had the uh, chlora, chlora attack. And then 1720, we had the Black Death. And this is like a theory a lot of people have that everything happens in the 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess with that, um, 
we have been talking a lot about how different governments have been handling this. So what do you think individual governments can learn from COVID-19 and their experiences with all of this? I think the world would, uh, um, the kind it will be affected by uh, COVID-19. I think the world will be more concerned about health. Uh, that's all I have to say. I think Kobe has to say something. Um, I feel like a lot of smaller governments would change based on the fact that they don't have as much control over themselves because they're usually um, third world countries, such as ones located in Africa and other places, they don't have as much control. So that's one thing that they might change, try and establish more control of their countries and find support in order to be able to combat this type of stuff. But additionally, also uh, larger governments would try and find ways to help prevent something like this happening again. And um, like AJ already mentioned, def they would definitely be watching livestock markets and um, consume consuming and hunting animals, which might like wild animals, which might contain diseases. Such as the, like the theory that scientists have that many, we have, there are a lot of diseases out there that still haven't been found, but are located in, in like throat, like throat preserved and frozen in like glaciers and animals for years and are just waiting for, waiting to pop out in a way. Like unleashed itself onto humanity. Um, the same thing can happen with like per se a meteoroid it has like some out of this world literally virus and it hits the earth and it infects the entire population and then we die. Uh, but I think that it's the same risk that happens for someone, let's say, was on the moon. I, they were quarantined. Uh, so uh, Apollo 11, they went to the moon, they came back, and they had to quarantine themselves for around two days or two weeks. I'm not uh, precisely sure. But I think the same rule follows here. Um, when you know you were somewhere near the virus or you know someone who has the virus, it is necessary that you quarantine yourself for around two weeks. Well, I mean, I guess with that, uh, this is something that we usually ask people like at the end of these things, but is there like anything else that you'd like to say to people watching? Anything that you'd find important for them to know? I would just say like, make sure to stay safe. Uh, make sure to, uh, yeah, stay six feet apart, wear a mask, all the stuff you, you hear normally, but it is very important for us to follow these rules, especially with the cases climbing as um, as like fast as they are. It's um, extremely important for us to make sure that we're doing our part in preventing the virus. Basically just wear a mask, social distance, and quarantine yourself, please. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I really hope I mean, I think, thank you, AJ, um, Keshav, and Katie for joining us today. Um, we're glad to have you. And thank you, our listeners, to, to, to um, have listened to this podcast. It means a lot. I'm, I'm not, I'm serious. Like, this is, I did not think it would get enough attention to even grow. When I first made this with Taylor, I was here thinking that, like, I would just be sitting here talking to, like, a community of five people. But no, we have a good bit of listeners. And eight nine percent from Brisbane. That's great. Thank you, guys. I never expected that. Whoever our British listener or listeners are, you know, thank you. You guys are cool. <laughs> yeah.
right. Yeah, international listeners, you know. Oh. <laughs> and um, it's the holiday season. So thank you for um so um happy holidays. I really hope you guys enjoy whatever it is that you celebrate. And uh for closing music, I'll play some holiday music again.